Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 101 of the Print On Demand cast. Thank you guys again so much for your patience last week as we navigated, renavigated, and as always, had to pivot what we were doing uh, for the 100th. But we, we hope you guys liked it. And as always, my co host for all 101 of these episodes, Travis Ross. Travis, how you doing, man? How is your Monday? I'm I'm good. Um, I just want to let everyone know that no Dalmatians were harmed in the recording of the 101st episode. Um, that's that's a good thing, right? Um, we like Dalmatians; they're really cute. Yeah. I'm doing great, man. Um, it's a Monday, and uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of things going on, obviously, and um, probably could talk a lot longer than is necessary for. Uh, <laughs> um yeah but yeah how's how's your monday gone so far uh so far so good can't complain too much lots of meetings lots of emails lots of calls typical monday really yeah Yeah. we had a a good time yesterday yes Uh, that was fun yeah it was a really good time so for those listening everyone knows travis is in a band and we he had a show at a restaurant nearby, uh, nearby town called Erie, and I uh, was able to go and capture some footage, some pictures, do some promotional stuff for the band, and it was a good show, dude. I mean, it was a little, little rainy at parts, and you're on a patio, but you guys were covered completely. Yeah, there wasn't any issue with you know sound equipment or anything like that. But right. it was a good time, man. You guys sounded great. I had a really good time at your show. Thanks, man. It was it was good. I saw some of the things you've started to produce. Um, for the you know for kind of social medias and all of that but if you um are interested um and you're close by you can follow our follow our facebook group it's 10 cent profit that's p-r-o-p-h-e-t um yeah i think the i think it's facebook.com slash 10 cent prof with a ph at the end um you can check it out uh we'll be posting some some videos and um, some video, uh, videos and pictures and all that stuff from this video or from this gig because Josiah thankfully came out and actually recorded it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a good time. We got a lot of good footage, got a lot of good pictures and, uh, yeah. it was great. I mean, I only had one drink at the place, but their bloody Marys were fantastic. It was very spicy, delicious, mm-hmm. happy hour all day. Very nice. Very, very good time. So yeah, look out for that content. Go follow it. Even if you're not in the air, you just want to see Travis singing and having a good time and doing all the rebel rousing and sh- and shenanigans <laughs> on the weekends when he's not printing shirts. He's out there melting people's ears with his rock and roll. So yeah, <laughs> it's a good time for sure. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's move into this week. Uh, I feel like we haven't had one for a while. Maybe we did. Do we have one last week? Point of interest? Maybe not. No, we didn't. We skipped right. it completely because we were pivoting. That's not, you're not wrong. So let's go to this Mm -hmm. week's point of interest. Point of interest. time that is not one of the songs that we perform but what if it was that's all i'm saying it's completely out of context no one will know you say an interesting (laughs) fact or or aj says an interesting fact or whatever and all of a sudden you guys break into that live bumper no one will understand it but uh we can record it and post it to all of the podcast social medias (laughs) because they will understand they'll understand they will so, all right, this week, a point of interest, Travis, we're going to talk about something that maybe people don't think about, haven't thought about, don't want to think mm-hmm. about, maybe they think it's boring, or they just avoid it altogether. I think I think all of those things are all true of those. Yeah. when it comes to this particular subject, but we're going to talk about insuring your business, and what does that mean from a print-on-demand standpoint, even if you're just right. drop shipping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the the reality is uh, you are a business, and um, therefore you are carrying liability, whether or not you realize it or not. Um, 
if you're selling on any platform and let's say you're selling a coffee mug, someone, you know, gets the coffee mug, they break it, they cut their hand. I mean, there is a, a scenario where you could potentially be sued because they're an idiot. <laughs> but, but the fact yeah. remains, there is, there is inherent liability um, to, to what we do now. I mean, they're not going to cut their hand on a t-shirt. I, I don't know, you know, kind of where the, the boundaries are, but the bottom line really is that you are carrying liability because you are a business and you are providing right. for somebody. And, right. you know, I mean, this, everybody's going to go immediately to like, Oh, now just I sell an insurance. So you <laughs> can sell some policies. But yeah. yeah. It's not not necessarily the case. Uh, first of all, you'd have to be in the state of Colorado, and then uh, I would have to be uh, licensed in general liability for business, which I'm not. So I currently do home and auto and personal umbrella li liability policies. But nonetheless, it uh, doesn't make insurance less of a uh, less of a talking point. And we haven't really right. touched on it up until this point. I don't think really for all 101 episodes, it's something that we really haven't touched on to my to my knowledge to my remembrance mm -hmm. but uh ba basically the, the reason it's important like travis said is you're giving a good to somebody and you have liability you could they could blame you you could be responsible for sending them a bad mug or mm -hmm. a wooden sign travis you have wooden signs you have metal wall posters you have th things with sharp edges or wood or splinters whatever someone were to get injured in the process well they're going to come after you because you made it and that's the kind of liability that you carry. So right. liability insurance doesn't necessarily in general, not just in a, in a business aspect, but liability insurance really means um, everything that is an asset to you. So in home and auto, when we're talking to someone, I'm talking to someone about an auto policy, I say, picture everything that is of value to you, your assets that they're in your trunk when you're driving, mm. right? You're, you're driving around with them. If someone hits you and you're underinsured, they're going to go into the trunk and get what they can for that leftover or that difference in value. For home and renter's insurance, it's like take your home, tip it upside down. Everything that falls out is an asset to you. That's, that's your personal property, something mm -hmm. that can be of value. So what will happen is if someone hurts themselves on a mug or when we were doing Amazon, this is a lot more of a, a broad kind right. of brushstroke topic because you're selling so many odds everything who knows everything. food grades shoes sharp i things, sold knives wear, knives <laughs> yeah exactly whatever i get my hands so on you're, yeah you're gonna want some sort of liability insurance because if you don't have it and let's say your customer gets the mug and they break it and maybe it's not even your fault well they mm -hmm. can still come after you and that's what litigation is for that's what that whole process is for us to decide who's liable. If you right. don't have any kind of liability insurance on your business, that means that you are personally liable. So your paycheck, your car, your house, your assets, mm. your television, everything is now mm. fair game for them to come after to recoup the loss that they feel like they have suffered whether it's mental, emotional, physical, whatever, whatever kind of damages they're they're suing you for, right? If you have a liability insurance in place, it's the insurance Paul, it's the insurance company's job to come in and step up to the plate for you and help pay for those expenses. So it's right. just a really important thing to think about. And also, we talked about this show. It's like in in a drop shipping setting, it's still applicable because right. if the customer sues you. That means that either you're going to turn around and sue your provider, which means you still have to have liability because part of that insurance, depending on the policy you have, covers litigation fee and will help you pay for your lawyer or whatever that looks like. Or most often what happens is you are listed as a plaintiff along with your print-on-demand provider and they want right. to sue both of you. So right. you're still going to have to have the liability insurance in place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, this also brings up kind of a something that we have talked about in the past when you're kind of setting up your print on demand business. And um, it's the difference between a DBA, which is short for doing business as yeah. and an LLC, which is a limited liability company. And the, the benefit of the limited liability company is it kind of protects you. It kind of puts, you've heard of piercing the corporate veil. Well, the LLC is that corporate veil yeah. that basically 
your business are the only assets that that potential lawsuit or that litigation can can recover right. um now they can pierce it you know if if you are making personal purchases in your out of your llc um that is that's a crossover they're saying they're they're basically saying um you know you can't uh I'm sorry. The LLC is basically a, a shield for you, but if you've been making personal, you know, purchases in that LLC, they can say, "Well, see, sure. he uses this as his personal bank account or his personal thing," and so they can what's called pierce the corporate veil. Now, I will say that um, we are not, uh, you know, experts in this, and you do need to contact somebody else. We want to just put that disclaimer out there because. Um, we know just enough to be dangerous. Josiah is learning about this stuff, but like he said, he's yeah. not even licensed to to provide this particular type of coverage. But that doesn't, again, that doesn't mean that it's not very important for you to figure this out. Sure. Um, you know, so yeah, because it, it, it can come back to really bite you in the butt. Um, now, we are lucky in that we are selling pretty innocuous products. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not important. What it does mean is that the insurance is probably going to cost less. So it's even less of a barrier for you to protect yourself. Wouldn't you say that's right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's it's definitely just like, again, in conversations I'm having with people, because the problem with insurance um, is that it's always driven by price. So you'll always mm-hmm. talk to people that say, well, I just want the cheapest, I want the cheapest, or Geico, say 15% or more. And so they're always insurance is always price driven instead of coverage driven when you're, when they're talking about it from a, from a sales standpoint. So even the, 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 ch- the cheaper premiums don't necessarily mean that you're covered on the back end. Right. A cheap premium can end up costing you 60 to a hundred thousand dollars on the back end. If you get into an accident or something happens that you're liable for because you settled mm-hmm. for the cheaper monthly premium. Conversely, if you have a little bit more, if you're like, wow, well, this insurance for a month is 260 a month or 270 I don't know, man. That's really expensive. I don't plan on getting in an accident, which, of course, who plans Nobody on does. getting into an accident? That's why they're called that's why they call it an accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, through no fault of your own, this thing happens, right? So the the higher premiums, that, that one that might seem a little bit higher, has the additional coverage that will actually save you the, the tens of thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right in the event of a loss or a, li- or a liability issue. So keep that in mind when you're looking. Don't don't mm-hmm. shop price all the time because price isn't sure. always... Then I was speaking for... I didn't know before I got into insurance how how incredibly... Uh, how, how much gaps were in, in coverage I had in my own you know, autos and, and renters because you're just always thinking price. I just want the cheapest price. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind. You might have someone that's like, well, it's going to be 250 260 that's a little expensive. We'll find out exactly what it's going to cover. If you have someone that can do it for, you know, 180 with the exact same coverage, then okay, sure. But pay attention to the yeah. coverage, not necessarily the the monthly price tag right. all of the time. And then and then to just double double back, go and freaking get an LLC, man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you, it's fine to start with a DBA, you know, and, and kind of get your feet wet and understand kind of what you're doing. But at some point it, it makes a lot of sense to go get that separate business, business check, checking account, um, and transfer all of those, all of your funds, you know, you can fund that LLC, uh, bank account and start doing your print on demand business through that bank account. Don't use it for personal expenses and just really, um, focus on building your business with that shield of the LLC. And then you go and you get your insurance under the LLC and um, it's probably going to be super cheap because you're probably not making a lot when you start Um, and just, you know, continue down that path of doing, you know, making right business decisions. Um, So Josiah, what, like, what are, what does your liability insurance cover? Like um, I know you mentioned kind of the home and auto and the, you know, the, the idea of everything in your, in your trunk. Um, it's more than just kind of your POD business. It's your whole life. So speak to that a little bit. Yeah. 100%. Like, like I was saying, it's, you have to think about your protecting every asset that, that you have that could possibly become that someone could possibly come after people like to be litigious. And it's very obvious Mm -hmm. in, in, you know, recent years, people are very Sue happy. They're very, (laughs) they don't hesitate (laughs) just throw a lawsuit at you so not only will you be protecting of course your business your your 
book of business, your equipment, obviously all of that stuff that is housed inside of your business, regardless of what it is, if it's sawgrass printer, heat presses, in Travis's case, 23070s and UV printers, like all of the business equipment mm. will be covered because they won't have the ability to come after the things inside your business if you have that liability coverage that will provide the the ability for you to have payment and not have to worry about right. having to fork it out of your own pocket and pay for their their damages if you don't have that again it, they can come after your equipment but furthermore they can come after your house you can come after the things that outside of your business you don't necessarily think it would affect but it, it will affect and people when they're recouping damages because a lot of those kinds of things are so emotionally charged, they don't care about what mm -hmm. it will do to you. <laughs> they feel entitled yeah. to their pound of flesh. And so you, right. you need to make sure that you have that wall in place that will mitigate and kind of keep them from coming after all of your assets. So, I mean, yeah. that's just extremely important that you have that safeguard there in place. Yeah, uh, uh, we talked about this a little bit before, and we are going to, at some point, we're going to even beat this horse uh, even further and bring somebody on that actually yeah. can write policies, you know, and, and has more, uh, ca can speak more towards this. And and we've, we, we have a couple ideas for maybe some guests that we could have on to talk about this. I know it's not exactly the most sexy topic, but um, <laughs> it, you know, I mean, it's, it's part of kind of business basics and, and, yeah. and it, it is, it's more important than we make it out to be. We're just like, you know, how many sales did you make? And how, how do you do SEO for your listings and which platforms are you, you know, and all this, all the fun topics, but yeah. you know, there are some business basics that, um, you know, they're, they're business basics because they're basic, but that doesn't make them any less important. Um, sure. so yeah, so look for that in the future. We'll have somebody on, um, we, we talked about possibly having, uh, the person that, you know, carries insurance for our, or wrote the insurance for our business. Um, we also talked about maybe having somebody that has the ability to maybe write policies in other States. So if you don't have yeah. somebody, you know, we could, uh, you know, you, you could get a referral from us. I, 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 you know, and, and just see if it's right for you and all that stuff. So look for that, uh, in an upcoming episode. Yeah. 100%. So with that, we will transition out of the point of interest and we'll just go straight into this week's main event. Ladies and gentlemen, the main event. All right. I, I really felt like you were like, just like scrolling through the bumpers and going, <laughs> I was for sure. I yeah, was in the really complete wrong section of the, uh, <laughs> the little scroll bar here and had to like all of a sudden scroll up a couple times, uh, to, to find exactly what I was looking for. But Hey, that's all right. It happens. Hey, right? nice shirt, by the way. Hey, Hey, same to you. Look at that. Hmm. We didn't even plan it. We didn't call each other or nothing. But if you guys want one of these oddly... <laughs> so we were out last week. I think I wore this shirt last week for the podcast. We were out last week and we went and had you know, drinks and some yeah, wings, and wings and stuff. Yeah. And we walked out of the place and the guy goes, hey, nice shirt. This random bystander. And I'm like, oh, thanks. And then I realized... He thinks it's a Guns N' Roses shirt. <laughs> he, has, <laughs> he has no idea what this shirt actually says. Yeah. Um, so it's, we were just like, oh, you must be a listener to the POD cast. Oh, so let me tell you about episode 100 and what didn't happen. You get a little sneak peek <laughs> on a picture. Would have been really weird. Uh, but nonetheless, if you want a vaguely familiar shirt that isn't one of ours and not the one that people think that it is, put it on madcast.com slash shop is where you can find your favorite parody shirts that are for your favorite pod cast podcast uh put on a man com slash slash shop so there enough you go of that. enough of that shameless plugging going on we're going to move <laughs> into this week's main event travis tell the people what we're talking about today for episode 101 the main event yeah it's i mean it's not something that we haven't talked about before but um i think maybe we have a couple 
couple new angles for it, but um, we're going to talk about um, how to succeed long term in in print on demand because I think there's a lot of people that will jump in and you know throw some shirts up or throw some products up and then they really struggle and they don't make a lot of sales and then they just fall off you know and they just stop doing anything and then then you ask them later and they're like oh yeah pod it doesn't work it's not you know you, you can't make a lot of you can't make money with pod and um, I totally and completely disagree with that. <laughs> and I think um, you probably do too, if you're listening, at least I hope you do. Um, but if you are kind of on that beginner, um, you know, that beginner stage, then I think that this podcast might have some, some golden nuggets for you to kind of push past that yeah. place of like, yeah, this doesn't work. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, how much do you think is attributed to the, the misnomer that POD is a get rich quick thing? Because I feel like it's positioned mm. that way in some courses. It's positioned that way in some literature where people are like, I made, you know, six figures on print on demand or whatever. Mm. And this is how you can do it. And here's a course. And so yeah. I, don't, I don't know that those courses necessarily. And again, I'm not I'm not speaking to any one course. and I've never taken a print on demand course i wouldn't know who (laughs) has them out there i'm just saying in business in general there's a lot of those courses where it's like i made this much money on this particular platform and it's you can do it too and most of the time the majority of those pro those, those courses don't speak to enough maybe a little bit about the longevity and the long game of like listen if in two months you haven't hit this goal, your goal, keep going. Um, so right. they might, cause it's not really sexy. No one wants, <laughs> no one wants to nope. pay that money. And then hear someone say, well, you're going to have to hustle for a good, you know, 12 months or whatever before you start right. to see real benefit. Yeah. And so, and so they did, they just don't really, really touch on it, but this is free. Yeah. We're not, we're not behind a paywall. So <laughs> we will say all the non-sexy things like, liability insurance and you're going to have to hustle <laughs> your ass off. <laughs> I I 100% agree. It's it's really funny. There is a a cycle that um online businesses will go through. And you saw it. I mean, you have you have if you've been in online uh you know, how to make money online space for any length of time, you yeah. see it all the time. It used to be and and this isn't even the first thing, but like when everybody was making exact match domains and they would put AdWords on it and, and yep. affil- Amazon affiliate links and, and they would, you know, it was best shovel for winter, you know, best snow shovel.com, <laughs> you know, and, and they would just try to make as much and as, they just rinse and repeat a thousand times. And then all of a sudden you started seeing courses come out for <laughs> how to make money building websites. And, and it just, and then all of a sudden that, you know, Google changes their algorithm and it, you know, the exact match domain doesn't have as much power anymore. <laughs> and then it slowly goes down and then the next thing pops up and then people are like, oh, I'm in on, I'm in on the ground floor and this is awesome. And then somebody comes in with a course and then a thousand courses. And then eventually that slowly <laughs> tails, tails off. Yep. And it's just the way of the world. It's the way of the online internet, make money online thing. And you're exactly right. Um, there are a million, we started both kind of on our e-commerce journeys in Amazon. And when we yeah. started, there weren't as many courses as there are now. There weren't no. as many guys standing in front of Lamborghinis, you know, <laughs> than, than, than there are now. <laughs> and and I'm seeing that in the print on demand space, to your point, there are a lot of people that um, that say, yeah, you can, here's my screenshot of my my revenue. And, and, and right there is a huge telltale sign if they're showing you their revenue yeah revenue means nothing (laughs) in a business i mean it's important obviously um but revenue is not what you take home i don't care what they say and they're like oh well here's my revenue and i've gone ahead and i've taken out all of the printful uh you know price all my printful expenses and here's my profit bullshit that's not your profit so you get nothing 
At the end, yes, that's exactly it. I mean, there's still more expenses. There's your salary. There's your staff salary. There's the VAs that you use, the designs that you buy. There's the softwares that you use. And uh, there's the bookkeeping and this bookkeeping software and all of these expenses that go under the revenue and the cost of goods line. That is a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Nobody really talks about this when they're marketing their courses. And I understand why. Um, yep. it, it's really funny though, because there's a lot of people out there that make more money off their courses than they do off their yeah. PD. And, and yeah. I would, I, I don't have, you know, exact figures. I don't even have, um, allegorical, you know, <laughs> uh, data, you know, really, but I know it to be a fact that when you're charging yeah. 500 to a thousand dollars for a course and you get, you know, a hundred, 200, 500 people jumping in. That's probably more revenue than you got on all of your POD for that whole year, yeah. to be honest. And yeah. That's just the way of the world, you know. And and you just need to be you need to be aware of that. That I'm not saying that courses aren't good. I'm not saying that courses can't help you. I when I started on my Amazon journey, I took a course in private label and I learned a lot from that course. Yeah. But I have I'm still on those guys' email list that I took the course for. And the only thing I ever get is the newest, latest rendition of their course and how they're going to make you rich. Um, right. And they have made, I'm not kidding. They've made millions off, off of their courses. I don't know how much they've made on, on Amazon actually, but my guess is they stopped Amazon a long time oh, ago and focused on the courses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty, like you said, it's a pretty good, pretty common business move kind of moving over to the course world or the teaching world because right you know people do want that information but again they just don't touch on the long game which is what we want to talk about here how to succeed i I just want to say one last thing about that because i don't want to we have had people on our show that have had that have courses and i don't want to say that courses you know i don't want this to come out as like anti-guru or anti-course, because I think that a lot of what you can learn in those courses is really important. Like I said about my history and being able to start with a course, it really helped us a lot. And I think that it can be the right thing um, for people also. So there, but I, I just want you to be aware <laughs> that when you're seeing that revenue number, that is not what they're taking home. Nowhere right. near that. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So we want to talk about succeeding long-term in POD. So talk about Travis kind of starting off here, monetizing a hobby or a skill set. Like what, that, that's kind of like, you know, decide what you're going to do in POD. And that's one right. way that you I think can that's decide how step. to do that. Right. Yeah, I think, yeah, the first thing that you're going to, if you're going to be successful, you need to decide what you're going to do. So there's several things you can do with POD. It's, it's, it's an incredible opportunity. Um, like you just said, monetize a skill, be a, a hobby or a skill set. So if you're a designer, POD is an excellent place for you because you have a hobby, you have a, you have a skill set and, and you're going to test that out over time um, on print on demand products. And so I think deciding where you're going to go with this or what you're going to do is is as important to your success long term as actually what you do. Um, so it's kind of it's we talked about it a while back, the kind of the know your why type of thing. So, um, you know, monetizing your skill set, you're a great designer. Maybe you're a great marketer. Maybe you're great at building websites. Um, that is that is one thing that that's kind of the why you're going into this particular niche and it'll help you long-term generating passive income. That's another one. Um, yeah. You just, you're like, Hey, I've, I've heard the stories, you know, I just need a couple hundred bucks to pay for my car payment. That is right. a legitimate um, reason why you are doing POD. There's, there's a few others, right? Yeah. Yeah. You Josiah. can do, you know, validating a product or a business idea. So if you, we've talked a lot about in the past how POD is good for proof of concept because you're right. not having to invest a whole lot up front, especially if you're just doing drop shipping. You pay for the designers, you pay for your, your, your whoever's time, and then you can throw some designs out there that you think might work or if you're wanting to do your own kind of design or fashion line or whatever it is that you have an idea for, um, POD is a good way to validate that because 
if a certain design pops off consistently, then you know, okay, well, this is okay to get mass produced. Okay, this is actually hitting a, a, a chord. This, it's resonating with, with people. This niche, this niche is gonna work. You know, yeah. maybe your your dog, you know, your dachshund shirt or whatever, your wiener dog shirt, you yeah. know, popped off. Well, let's do some more wiener dog shirts. Right. You know. Yeah. It, yep. There's a proof of concept thing that happens. Yeah, and you can also do, which is something that that I've done for a long time, is sell merch to an existing fan base through right uh, through influencer marketing. But if there's if there's already people who are a fan of something and they don't have merchandise, and you just want to be the person, almost you know either like a broker or a merch broker, if you're doing if you're you know doing a merch by Amazon thing or drop shipping, and you're having you know them work through you and you know, all of that kind of stuff, or you're just doing the production in house. This mm-hmm. is a really good way because it's something where advertising is essentially taken care of. You just have to worry about getting in front of the right business to business people, the right influencers, the right, you know, mm-hmm. type of people that you yeah. can sell to. And then you can even expand it more into like doing private label stuff for those right. for those people yeah. too. We've had yeah, a that lot I've of seen... Go ahead. Uh, yeah, there's a, a small delay. I don't know, but anyway, there's been a lot of people who you know we've we've taken them on as just merch clients, and then they'll say, "Well, what what about this?" And have you thought, of, "Can we do that?" And so it moves into like a private label where you kind of lean into that Amazon experience of like, "Well, well, no, but we can actually get that made, and we can actually bring it in, and we'll drop we'll drop ship it for you." But you know, it's right. going to be a different process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've I've um. When I was studying private label early on, um, there were people that I don't know how effective this is anymore, but they would go and they would start a a Facebook group or a Facebook page or whatever, and they would just drip content and content and content and build up that page on a spe- on a specific interest. So maybe it was yoga, and they were selling yoga mats, you know, and that was how they built their audience to then build out that you know, that private label brand. Well, you can flip that and you could do a yoga group and get a bunch of people and and do some kind of cool yoga shirt or something. And then eventually after you've proved, okay, people are willing to buy yoga related material, then you can go and get the yoga mats made and, and, and join and, and kind of do that, um, after. So there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of whys, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and like long-term kind of strategies that you can have, um, with, with print on demand, but for, for the purposes of, of this show and probably a lot of our listeners, um, not to put anybody in a box, but let's, let's just focus on kind of the generating passive income, um, sure idea, you know, uh, at, at, with how to succeed long-term. Um, so I think the first question that, that comes to me when I hear, well, I just want to generate passive income, you know, and that's, that's, that's what the gurus will sell, you know, <laughs> oh, you can, you can generate passive income and, and sit on a beach and sip a pina colada and the sales will just flow. So yeah. what exactly is quote unquote <laughs> passive income and does it really exist? What do you, what, what, what say you Josiah? I think, I think it, so I think you have to do a lot of, <laughs> For anything to become passive, in my experience, in this kind of business, there has to be a lot of upfront active investment. <laughs> so there, there's a yep. lot of front end work <laughs> that goes into um, something becoming passive. You're not going to throw right. up a shirt and then just get passive income uh, that's going to be that's going to allow you to do the, you know, often talked about thing where you just get to go sit on a beach and, and drink my Mai That was awesome. It's not going to be that easy. There's a lot of upfront work that's going to go into it. It's, it's a lot of what we've talked about, organization, design ideas. Mm-hmm. What are you going to sell exactly? How much of, how much of it on how many designs, building up a brand, building up your store, populating with a lot of listings, whatever that looks like. In order to have something that can be passive at a sustainable point. So right. there again, they don't really talk about that part of like, hey, <laughs> it can become passive, but yeah. you're going to be very active. <laughs> the, right. In, the, right. the income is going to be active for a long time because you're going to have to invest a lot in order to be yeah. 
hands off. Right. I think the the passive part of passive income really comes to your point after you've done the hard work. And even so, it, even if you just want to be a one man, one man show, like I have a lot of products that just sell in perpetuity that, you know, so you could call that passive income if you wanted to to label it that. But I still get returns on those things. I still get customer questions. I still get, um, you know, damaged, you know, Hey, it came damaged or whatever. I need a new one. There are things that I have to do, even with my, again, quote unquote, passive income, um, that I have to still work for. Now you can, um, get some VAs to handle all of that part for you. If you can train them well, you, you know, make some really nice standard operating procedures and all of that and get to more of a passive income. But the the counter to that is that that's going to cost you money. So you better be selling a lot before y- yep. you know you start systemizing this stuff. Because if you do want to sit on the beach and drink mai tais or pina coladas all day, or or go maybe go kayaking like like uh, like I was watching a Scooby Doo episode the other day, and um, he was actually kayaking. And do you know how Scooby Doo kayaks? I have no idea. He rut rose. Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? We have some work to do now. Scooby Dooby Doo. Oh, that's terrible. Time for the weekly dad joke. All right. That was so terrible. That was awful. The only reason, the only reason we used it is because I love that Mexican Scooby Doo theme song. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I'm Mexican, so I can say that. I'm just gonna say that real quick. <laughs> but yeah, um, I completely even forgot what you were saying. That's terrible. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, how how did you? That was a really good segue, though. Did yes. you like that? It was, I was great. About the beach, and then we were in a kayak, and then oh, that's you right, know, that's right. Like, Scooby yeah, Doo I and, was not, yeah. Expect, uh, yeah, up until the main event, I was wondering how you were going to get there, and then I kind of <laughs> let it go. And you, you got it, you got it, you taught me. You got to learn today. All right, so <laughs> okay, so passive income, yeah, you established. It's not necessarily passive, passive. at the get go. <laughs> it right. can be. It, it eventually can turn into something that is passive, but it takes a lot, a lot to get there. Right. So when we're generating this or trying to generate, I like to, I would prefer to call it long-term income um, as opposed to passive because um, that's really the goal. You just want something that's going to keep coming and keep coming. And, and people have labeled that passive, but again, I don't, I don't necessarily feel like that's the best word for it. So generating long-term income, you're, you're going to, you know, and this is kind of where the, the, uh, the meat of the, the subject comes into, you're going to, you're going to need to start with some organization. And, you know, we start, we talked about the why. Um, so if our why is to generate passive income, how are we going to organize our business in a way that will provide for this long-term income? And, and we've had plenty of podcasts where we talked about how we organize our, our designs and our SKUs and how we do all the spreadsheets and all that, you know, and, and this is, this is not easy work. This is hard work. Um, you, you can do it easily without, with less organization and, um, that long-term income won't potentially be as a long-term or be as income-ish. Is that a word? Can I use that word? Yeah, it is now. You just taught (laughs) us a new word. So, okay. We learned something today, folks. The more you know. Yeah, it's good. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. Organization is such a necessary evil. A lot of people don't like to put in that. I just, it's not everyone's skill set or wiring, but to your point, there's VAs out there that not only can do design, but there's lots of VAs that can help you with organization and mm-hmm. spreadsheets and, and data entry and, and all that kind of stuff, right? So, I mean, Travis, we've talked about it a lot and you guys, you know, Make Your Mark Design has a lot of of things in place to to that end, to organizations. So Mm -hmm. 
what are some things that people can do that are listening? Like, man, I don't even know where to start. How the hell do you organize anything? What would you say? I mean, what can you do to organize? Well, I think um, one of the things that you can do is 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 you can um, you can kind of just you know how do you eat an elephant <laughs> one bite at a one time, right? A and time. that's right. And so, yeah, you don't you don't have to accomplish everything this week, you know. But it would be good to start somewhere. So um, I would recommend, like I always do, I would recommend uh, a, a naming schema for your SKUs um, yeah. to start with. And that ties in somehow to your designs, because like I've mentioned before, you have all of these designs that can go on all of these products. But when you have a design, let's call it, you know, 101 design. Yeah. That design is going to go on a mug. It's going to go on a t-shirt. It's going to go yep. on a sign. It's going to go on a poster. It's going to go on all of these things. So you need 101 in that skew with whatever else you're going to, you know, for, for your naming schema, for your SKUs. And then that needs to go on a spreadsheet, guys. Sorry, but you need to just put that in a spreadsheet. And, and the cool thing is that if you put that on a spreadsheet, you could also put your title for that particular product, that mug. Yep. Because it's going to be your that particular title for that mug is going to be different than the the skew and the and uh, when you put it on a sign and you're going to have a different title and you might even have different bullets and different descriptions and you might you might have the same art file which I would also put a link to that on that spreadsheet but just start there just going through and saying okay from now on any new thing I list is going to be organized in a way that makes sense to where. It has the design ID or the design yeah. number or whatever it is. And then it tells me what the product is. I know people that use um, dates in their SKUs and they say, this is the date I launched my SKU. Um, yeah. And so they can look and they can kind of sort it by that. And there, you can put as much information in that SKU as you want. Um, you just need to have kind of a, a key, think like a map key. Um, yeah, you know, so, you know, well, MG stands for mug and MG 11 is 11 ounce mug. MG 15 is a 15 ounce mug. TST is a t-shirt or whatever it is. You need to have kind of that, that, that skew key. So you can quickly name these products and you're going to continue to add those keys as you go and you add products. Um, I think that is a, a great way to set yourself up for success for long-term success. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think that's the the number one thing. I don't know. Is there other, I'm sure there's, there's some other, you know, like how do you organize your business? Well, you go get an LLC instead of doing it as a DBA, right. like we talked yeah. about in the point of interest. There's probably other things. Can you think of anything off the top of your head? Man, off the top of my head, no. For me, organization is always. I mean, I guess it depends on what, what where you're at in in uh, you know your business. If you're doing drop shipping, maybe you 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 know have an organization structure to communicate with your VAs. You have a you have a communication structure for emails that go out to customers that have questions, right? So you've got yeah. uh, you know your return template and a follow up template and. Right, you know, a broken a broken goods template, and all of these different things you can literally just copy and paste and and fill in the name. I highly encourage you to always remember to change the specifics because I can't tell you. There's many times where copy and paste <laughs> bites you in the butt, and you send off uh, you send off a message and you go back and reread it, and you be like, "That's not at all the customer that I was talking about. They did not order your, that." But, your name is Josiah, not Jan. <laughs> exactly. You don't want to piss off your customer more. Right. Say the wrong information. Like what is going on in your business? Uh, but yeah. So templates of customer service is huge. If you're doing production in house, man, we could talk for way too long about organization to production processes and QC quality control and ship, you know, all of that, all of that requires so much info, so much organization. Um, but but I think for for the majority of of you listening that are just doing drop shipping, customer service templates, um, uh, you know, the spreadsheets is huge, and then leave room for improvement. And we've talked about this yeah. before. Try and forecast something that will will grow with you because scale is always the, most of the time is always the goal, and so you're going to have to tweak and continually improve and not get married to a particular system or particular thing that you've done. Because right. it might not serve you the same two years in as it did six months or one year. So I always yeah. leave room for improvement. We had a conversation today with Mike and, and Tate, um, and we were talking about 
we're 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 gonna try to figure out a way to do like uh, uh, barcode labels on our DTG yeah. so we can like put them in the you know so they follow so there's a barcode that follows the product all the way through the production process yeah and i am guilty of being married to our existing um system because i'm like oh my gosh this is going to change everything and this is going to yeah. change and i'm i'm like really in the weeds with it you know but i think um i have to step back and go okay i have you know i have a team of people that can help me with this we can get this done and we can figure this out it there's a lot of things that I think we don't know that we don't know yet, but we're on yeah. the right path. And I think um, fear of change is a, is a real big uh, hindrance to long-term income yep. um, and yep. growing this and, you know, scaling this and succeeding long-term in print on demand. And so if you can step back again, we talked about this last week, just step back and, and, and try to be okay with certain things, um, it can definitely help your business. And then also getting that, that added input, you know, um, cause Tate's sitting here going, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but, and, and, you know, I needed to just, you know, keep my butt to myself. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, th I think there is, you know, safety and wisdom and a multitude of counsels. So it's good to hear all of those things out. But at the end of the day, like right. you said, it's like, okay, well, all right. So we just need to try this thing out or, you know, I'm okay. I'm going to take your, I'm going to listen to you cause I trust you and, and you, know, mm -hmm. you can, we're, we're, we're going to go with it or I'll, I'm, I'll start it. Yes. I think that's one thing that um, when it comes to ideas in, in any kind of Avenue, it's like, for me, I'm, I've always tried to approach it with, okay, start with yes. Mm -hmm. And then see what happens. Like as we're talking, you're either going to solidify my yes, or I'm going to go to like, uh, no, but you have to talk me into no instead of talk. I always try and go with yes, I guess, is my thing until mm -hmm. we get kind of poke holes in the devil's advocate. And then, okay, okay, cool. Well, we found a hole in it. Because if you start off supportive, then you automatically have that other person's buy-in and trust because they feel like you're automatically supporting what they want to do. And then as you talk to it, with it, talk through it together, more often than not, the other person at the same time will realize, oh, no, that's the issue. Okay. Nope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's not ready. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, come back to me when it is, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. It can be a lot less combative uh, when, when it's, when it's done that way. But uh, the next sure. thing, I mean, talk about long-term goal goals is always going to require an element of planning. Right. Right. And the first thing we talked about what your why is, and sometimes your why will inform your objectives because you want your objectives to support and lead to, and why are you, are you doing this to, to you know right. replace your income okay well then your objectives will reflect that are you doing this to pay your car payment every month your objectives are going to reflect that so a lot of this and we've right. talked about it before is really informed by your why your why is super important to have um so but yeah what are your objectives and what are some of the large scale goals like yeah dream casting big you know out you know the my my uh, pastor at city point whenever we sit down and have a discussion about an idea that i'm bringing to the table he always wants, he always casts big vision or I always cast like, and then this and this and it's five. And then you want to scale it back to, okay, well, how do you start mm -hmm. that? Let's break it down. Let's right. make it more digestible. Like you said, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So, I mean, that's yeah. kind of a, the kind of the thing you want to set the large scale goals first, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. Um, and, and I feel like it's good to have stretch goals, you know, so the beginning of yeah. the year you know we 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 did a whole thing with our staff and we we set some goals and they were pretty lofty and i don't know if we're going to hit them um but what it does for you is it like you said it kind of creates that picture of your preferred future and and when you have that picture you can work backwards from there um yeah. to you know and and so so maybe your large scale goal is to you know um i i want to sell I want to sell $10,000 worth of print on demand products this year. Um, and, and you haven't sold anything yet, you know, or maybe yeah. you've sold a few things, but you want to sell 10,000. That's a great stretch goal. Um, but the, the issue with the stretch goal is if, if, if that's your goal, if you leave it there, it will do absolutely nothing for you. You have to break that down. Like again, you you basically yeah. just said, "Here's the elephant, yay! We yeah. want to eat this <laughs> elephant." But if yeah. you don't break that down, 
it's, it's not going to do anything to you. So, so one of the things, and we have a whole podcast on this where we talked about smart goals and uh, I won't go into the details on that, but basically you're taking these, these huge visions and then you're going to break them down into shorter term goals. So there's smaller chunks that you can digest and maybe there's, there's some timeframes, you know, so if I'm going to sell $10,000 worth of print on demand products, that means that obviously if every quarter was equal, which we know it's not because Q4 is, you know, two, five, 10 um, typically or can be. Um, but if every quarter was equal, that's $2,500 in sales every quarter. And maybe you don't want to do that. So maybe you're going to say, okay, I'm going to first quarter that I'm in, I'm going to do a thousand. Then the next quarter I'm going to do, you know, 2,500 Then I'm going to do, and I don't know what the math is, but you're, you're escalating those. And maybe you do factor in that Q4 kind of bump right. in in your goals but you're, you're breaking those down and then even beyond that you have to say okay well what is it going to take to hit these numbers okay that means i need to i need to list on etsy in the first quarter i need to list 10 products on etsy uh you know in every week or or, or 20 or whatever the thing is that you feel like you can do and this breaks even further down into yeah. once you have those types of things you can start your daily goals and and it may it might even be weekly goals that then you go to daily goals but like this week i'm going to get my business license you know my sales my tax exempt stuff and i'm going to start get an llc that's this week's goal and so what does that mean yeah. today what am i going to do well today i'm going to call the bank and get a checking account right. tomorrow i'm going to go to go search the secretary of state and do you see what i'm saying so yeah. it, it yep. just you're starting with this big, huge picture and you're breaking it down a little bit and then yeah. you're going to break it down even more and then you're going to break it down even more to your daily kind of task list or your to-do right. list. Right. Yeah. I think that, I mean, that really works and you just got to get granular as much as people like to, I think a lot of people love the the stretch goals. A lot of people like the vision casting because it's all sure. pie in the sky, right? There's no... Um, you know, you have, you have to bake the pie to put in the sky, but no one wants to talk about that. I just want to talk about the pie in the sky. Um, so, um, those are really easy goals to come up with, but then to actually have to put, you know, pen to paper and, and figure out what that looks like helps you decide mm-hmm. if they actually are sustainable and achievable. Um, yeah. because sometimes they're not, sometimes you have to adjust the big goals, which is fine. As long as you're doing right. something that's, cons- that is something that's going to be, um, you know, actually attainable. And then at the end of it, you can make the goals, but goals are nothing unless you actually follow through with what those right. goals were to the best of your abilities. You might not hit some of the stretch goals, but if you hit mm-hmm. more of your daily goals and hit more of the short-term goals, maybe it doesn't, you know, the stretch goals are still a ways out. That's fine. But you need to follow through in order for, and for any of it to actually come to fruition. Yeah. And I mean, that's obviously the, kind of the biggest thing is that you follow through, but you know, don't sleep on that planning part because if you don't have something to follow through with, you just have the big elephant. Um, you won't follow through. You need to challenge yourself and, um, not only with the big goals, but challenge yourself by saying, okay, if I want to hit $10,000 in sales this year, I need to list 10 products a week or five, seven, whatever it is. Right. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people, that's what people sleep on. That's the thing that, you know, they come back and like POD doesn't work, man. It just doesn't work. And he's like, how long have you been doing it? Oh, I've been doing it for six months, man. And uh, seven months, I've been doing it for a year. It just doesn't work. Well, how many (laughs) products do you have? Well, I have 75 products and you, you, you had a year and you did 75 of them. Well, good job, bro. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, that's not, I mean, 75 is great, but not well, for a yeah. whole year. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying, so even if you did, you know, five products, you listed five products a day, that's over 1800 products in a year. Yeah. That's just five a yeah. day. You know what I mean? And that's, if you think about it, one design goes on a shirt, a mug, a tea towel, you know, mm-hmm. this. There's five things that one design can go on and they all count as listings. And so putting them up there for sale, it's, it's a right. volume game. It really, really is. It's you have The more you have, the more likely you are to have enough income to help you get to those 
larger goals. Right. And then, I mean, there's obviously a ton of caveats to this. You know, oh, sure. maybe you're not listing on Etsy. Maybe you're listing on a website and and maybe part of your strategy is to spend so much on marketing and you're actually going to, yeah. you, you know, you maybe you have a, um, a, a group already that is interested in like a certain subject and you kind of know what you're going to do. Well, testing is a huge thing. So maybe not launch five products, maybe test two products a week for the next month and see which one is the number one and then take that one and, you know, build off of that one. Or, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can go with this thing and it doesn't have to be an everyday thing, but, but to your point, I I love the idea of like, I'm going to take one design and I'm going to put it on five, six, seven products every single day, because that doesn't take a lot. And, or if you don't want to do it every day, every other day, you know, I'm going to do, 15 a week because that's three times that I can put one design on five products. Yeah. And I only have to do that three times, you know, and you know what, maybe you're going to have to, um, you know, skip the Netflix every once in a while and, and, you know, take, take a little longer to watch stranger things season four, um, you know, (laughs) which I don't recommend because it's awesome and you should binge it right away. But (laughs) for your business's purposes, it may not be the best strategy. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, come home and get your shit done, you know, <laughs> yeah. before I mean, you turn on that Netflix even, machine. Even 15 a week is still 780 items a year. So, exactly. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a way, way better than 75. You know what I mean? How so, many, how many platforms are you putting those on too? Right. You know? Right. That's another question. If you have a spreadsheet, it's a heck of a lot easier to throw them on Amazon too. Yep. And and we we can even show you how. <laughs> yeah. So True. yeah, there's there's a lot of opportunity um when you plan correctly and then you follow through that plan with that plan. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Well, Travis, we've almost got an hour out of this. I can't believe uh, that episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh anything else before we wrap it up no i i I just really want to encourage you guys to take that planning part really seriously um take a minute you know push pause on the pod podcast get out a piece of paper you know unless you're driving because that would be dangerous <laughs> uh, and and really think about first of all your why and then you know what is your what are your big long-term goals and then break start breaking those down um, if you haven't done that already, it's probably one of the most important things you can do for long-term success in the print-on-demand yeah. business. Yeah, 100%. Well, you heard it, folks. So go and take that planning stuff seriously, and we hope that you guys plan on being back with us again next week here on the Print-on-Demand cast. So thankful for all of you. Thank you for listening, as always. If you want to get a hold of us, if you want to know how to talk to Attention us. Attention hotline fans. You can reach out to us, Facebook or printonamancast.com slash Facebook rather is where you can go to join the Facebook group, join the conversation, join the family, mm-hmm. um, post a dad, dad joke, which seems to be the more popular thing to do in that Facebook group. That's fine. Uh, but if you want to keep up to date with uh, you know announcements and you know things that are happening with the show, printonamancast.com slash Facebook is where you can do that. Printonamancast.com slash YouTube and slash Instagram is also where you can find us on social media. And if you just don't like social media, you can email us info at printondemandcast.com. And as always, wherever there are podcasts, the POD cast is there for your listening pleasure. And I mean, how many are there now? I hope it's pleasure. 15. Yeah. I don't know. That's how true. Sense to. Ho- ho- hopefully we're hopefully not. Hopefully it's your you listening pleasure. Yeah. You're killing me, Smalls. So, yeah, so you reach out to us, you know, do that. But listening it wise, uh, Spotify, Apple, Anchor, Google, Stitcher, all the things. But iTunes, the podcast app, is where you can leave a five-star review and let us know what you like about the show. Uh, it helps this information get in front of people who need it. And so if this has been beneficial to you, write a review. Share the podcast. Share a YouTube video. Yeah. Share something from the Facebook page. Um, all of it helps, and we're very, very thankful for all of it. So. Go ahead. I got one more. Uh, what do you call a Great Dane wearing a snorkel? I, I don't know. 
Scuba Doo. Scooby Dooby Doo. Where are you? We. Oh, uh, it. It was. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. So, with that being said, folks, for Travis, I'm Josiah, <laughs> and we will see you next week right here on the Print on Demand cast. See ya. Hey, babe, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the Totally Tubular show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Want to be wicked nice? Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next time for sure.